The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream Show, where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm your host, Kelly Sullivan Walden, aka Dr. Dream. So happy to be here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakened world. The number to call in if you have a dream that is 816 816- Two five one three five 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 again eight one six two five one three five 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 and you can also call in if you have a dream to be a writer or a poet or some kind of an artist and wonder how can you translate your dreams into art. I have an amazing guest and she's one of my dearest friends who I love more and more every time we talk and every time I hear her recite her poetry or every time I read one of her many books, Joan Gelfand, who I'll be bringing on officially in just a little bit, but she's written not only a novel that is extraordinary called Extreme, and if you don't already have it, I highly recommend it. It's beautifully written and powerful about kind of the drama in the tech world, gives you an insider scoop about that. But also she's written a book called The Four C's of being a, oh my God, a winning, you can be a winning writer, The Four C's of author success. So we are going to talk about how you can become a winning writer if you dream of expressing yourself in that way. So hold on to your seat. And also on the second half of the show, we're going to take your dreams and your questions. So just know that before we get rocking, I'm going to read to you the luminous humanness thought for the day. And today, if you're listening in real time, it's June it is June. What is today? June 8th. Okay. Going Ninth. with it. No, it's June 9th. And it's called It's All in the Frame. If you frame what's happening to you through the lens of tragedy, 
comedy, triumph, or blessing, so shall it be. Of course, the painting inside has its own merit. You don't always get a say, however, in what goes into the frame, but you do get to choose the frame. Context is everything. So what frame will you use to accentuate the story of your life today? Affirmation. Since I get to pick the frame, I choose the one that elevates my life to the level of art. That's from Luminous Humanness. And let me just invite you to turn within for a moment so we can start this party from a deep, deep place and we can have a lot more fun that way. So let's just drop all the way into the deep end, taking a few deep breaths, releasing and letting go of anything that would distract you or pull your attention away from this present moment. And with every new breath, let's call in the sunlight of the spirit. Let's call in that to be the frame for our lives today. Let's call in the highest perspective to be that frame. And in fact, even around dreams, I always say the frame around dreams is how is this dream trying to enlighten me? If we know that the frame, we know that the context is enlightenment, then no matter what happens in the dream, we know it's pointing toward our liberation, our freedom, our healing, our health, our wholeness. So just drop into the that place of knowing that all is well. We are held in a loving frame of unconditional love and well-being. We can just melt and know that all of our dreams are happening on behalf of our greatest good. So we can breathe that in and we can know that we are right where we're supposed to be at the right time doing the right thing on the edge of the tippy toes of this brand new moment. And for this, I just say thank you so much for your listening, for your dreams, and for all the miracles that are unfolding that are far too many to count. Oh, yes. And thank you, Unity Online Radio. And thank you to my amazing guest, Joan Gelfand, for joining me. And I'm so excited. Okay, so let's rock. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Joan Gelfand. Besides being a personal close friend of mine, I met her when she was the president of the Women's National Book Association. She was the chapter president. No, she was the national president at the time. And I was just like, wow, this woman is so cool from San Francisco. She's a poet. She's a writer. She's a, she's an, she's just everything. Okay. So here's a little bit more official stuff. Joan Gelfand's reviews, stories, essays, and poetry has appeared in over 150 national and international literary journals and magazines, including the Los Angeles Review of Books, the San Francisco Chronicle, Pink, the Huffington Post, Rattle, Louvre Littéraire, I don't know how to pronounce that, Littéraire, <laughs> that's my French accent for you, Voice and Verse, Sycamore Review, Prairie Schooner and the Meridian Anthology of Contemporary Poetry. She's the recipient of numerous awards, including two Pushcart nominations and the Women's National Book Association Effie Lee Morris Prize. And I didn't know that. I need to know more about that, Joan. Her poem, this is where I come in. 
the Ferlinghetti School of Poetics was made into a short film by my hubby, Dana, and I got to be the kind of producer on that, a.k.a. the one that was bossing everyone around saying, do this, do this. The film was featured at 20 international film festivals and was awarded Best Poetry Movie at the World Film Festival. You can be a winning writer, the four C's of author success, Joan's book for writers, is a number one best-selling um, bestseller on Amazon, and Extreme, Joan's debut novel, was published by Blue Light Press back in July, just under a year ago, and it was it's amazing. Joan is in San Francisco with her husband, Adam, and two beatnik cats named Jack Kerouac and Lawrence Ferlinghetti. All right, Joan Gelfand, welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream Show. I'm so happy to have you on. Thanks, Kelly. Oh, my heavens. Okay, so let's just, the topic that, that I want us to cover today is basically you you had a dream to be a writer and you happen to be a very vivid dreamer. And I know sometimes you turn your dreams into art. And in one particular instance, it kind of went through the roof, like your this dream turned into a poem has become a rocket ship that you've been writing for years now. And you just keep having more success. You keep having more awards, nominations. You just recently were asked to speak um, on behalf of, I mean, at Lawrence Ferlinghetti's, um, it was like a memorial with a bunch of poet, renowned poets from around the world. So First of all, why don't we start with the poem itself and maybe the story around like the dreams that led up to it. And and then let's get into um, how the let's break down how you do this for people that have a desire to be more creative in their life. So let's start with the poem okay. or the story. Okay, we'll start with the poem. This uh, is called the Ferlinghetti School of Poetics. And it starts with a little quote from Edgar Allan Poe. All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. And it's in three short parts. The dream within the dream within the dream. What is it, Ferlinghetti, taking star turns in my dreams, strolling in front of cars, haunting alleyways, stairways, bars, feeding moth-like, flitting through San Francisco's sex-fraught avenues in North Beach where XXX marks art and nasty commerce collide, intersect Columbus, Telegraph Hill, Jack Kerouac Way. You are fog whispering in from the sea on another sunny day. This is a quote from Ferlinghetti. There's a breathless hush on the freeway tonight beyond the ledges of concrete. Restaurants fall into dreams with candlelight couples, lost Alexandria, Dilburn. Ferlinghetti's words sink, weighted on the business end of an invisible fishing line, dredging last night's dream to the surface. Gasping for air, shivering like some catfish, eyes bulging, wet lake water dripping off its scales. The knife of memory slices open that dream, finds me on haunted streets, instructing a small boy. 
You've got to go to the Ferlinghetti School. It's totally rad and completely cool. Two, Ferlinghetti makes an appearance. Phantom audience shouts, higher, higher. They egg the poets on. After all, they're not on the wire. Higher? We spin the memory wheel until there's my father strolling through his own Coney Island. And there he is again, winning a goldfish. The clerk hands over fish circling in plastic bag. Big Daddy pretends it's all for the kids. He needed to win like that fish needed water. Three, the poet reconsiders. Is the skill of life just keeping on, all the gears oiled and the doors open? Even if the past keeps drowning and the knifed open dreamfish still swims around. In dream theater, Ferlinghetti arrives. Was it the regal, the royal, the metrion? I rise to make room for he who started everything, got the wheel of poetry turning, broke open language, letters, vaporized while he dripped, haunting my dreams. Woo! Joni, Joni. Oh my God, I love that poem so much. And I loved it. So you shared it on my previous podcast years ago. And I heard it and I went, oh my God, it's a movie. I want <laughs> I want Dana to grab his camera and go down and film this. Did you see it like a movie when it came to you? I mean, I know it was in a dream, so it was visual. But did you ever imagine that it could become not just a poem, but a movie? No, that was one of the most amazing experiences of my writing career, having Dana <laughs> make that, you and Dana make that movie. That just blew my mind. And as I say, sometimes when we add uh, music to poetry, because that's a more common uh, uh, performance that people might see, if the, if the music is right, it not only talks to the poem, it exalts it. And I felt like Dana's film exalted this poem, because with the visual imagery, it just brought it to a whole new level. It was amazing. And it's really sure it if people YouTube, want to see it, they can go to Joan Gelfand's website and also the, there's a link there to the YouTube channel. So if you go to YouTube, I mean, I'm sorry, go to JoanGelfand.com and then scroll down on the homepage and you'll see um, her big YouTube banner. And then there's the Ferlinghetti School of Poetics. You can click right there because it's too hard to spell the Ferlinghetti School of Poetics if you just go to go to YouTube unless you're really gifted in that area. But it's a five-minute film. It's short and sweet, but so powerful. And here's some of my favorite lines. Um, the, the business end of the fishing line. I love that. <laughs> and the knifed open, the knife of memory cut, like, I can't remember what else, but the knife of memory the cutting that, memory that dream fish. open, yes. Oh, God, it's so good. And then higher, higher. They're not on the wire. <laughs> Eggs the, egg the poets on. They're not on the wire. Oh, I love that. And like that fish needed water. Oh, he needed, Big Daddy needed that, whatever. What was that? Big Daddy needed something like that fish needed water. He needed to win. 
He needed to win. Oh God. So I'm covered in chills. So powerful. Okay. So I want, so this is, you know, I want to celebrate you and your book that I always, the nickname of it, I call the four C's, but it's how to be a winning writer. And then the subtitle is the four C's. Um, but I, and also extreme. Um, so I want this now to be about the the people who are listening, about how they because so many people dream of they have dreams that that I always say, oh, my God, that should be a movie. That should be a book. And people also dream of being a writer. So what are some of the let's talk about your four C's and how this can apply to the people listening and how it can inspire them to actually get get her done. Well, one thing that I always say is that if you use dream imagery to write poetry or really to write a story or a screenplay, um, my feeling, Kelly, is that it's more powerful because it's a message from the other side. I think ooh, that's why this ooh, poem well said. really resonates with people. Do you know what I mean? It, because yeah. it's not just like, okay, I sat down and I wrote this amazing poem about a walk through the forest and it was awesome. And, you know, granted, there are amazing poets. But to me, I always feel that the Ferlinghetti poem it had the energy from the other side. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it was drenched um, so in I, a different I, water. I just want to talk for a second about how that happened and how people mm-hmm. can use their dreams. I think this is instructive. So I had the first dream, and it was, you know, definitely got my attention. I was standing on a street at night pointing to a very cute young boy saying, you got to go to the Ferlinghetti school. It's totally rad and completely cool. <laughs> and I thought, I woke up and I thought, oh, that's so cute, you know. But uh-huh. I didn't really know what to do with it yet. Right. Then, I, literally, you know the story. I mean, I had these three dreams over the course of well over a year. I mean, right. I don't have the exact dates, but I know it was not like back to back. Then I had the next dream of, um, and I think it was this, this image of the dream fish and my father mm. and Coney Island and all of that. So I put that aside. Okay, fine. Then when the third dream came of Lawrence Ferlinghetti literally walking into a movie theater and sitting near me, I said, I had to do something with these three dreams. And it right. wasn't easy. You know, I had to craft them. And this is where I will talk to people about how to use them. I always say to people, it's not just the imagery. So it's not just mm-hmm. that uh, there was a dream fish, right? It's you have to find a way in poetic language to beautifully get the message apart. So whether it's mm-hmm. through um, some of the basic uh, tenets of creative writing, you know, how do the words sound? What's the rhythm? Uh, can you use repetition? Can you use rhyme? There's nothing wrong with rhyme. Rhyme is bad. bad <laughs> Thank bad you. Fact, but rhyme is good. And, um, uh, you know, so there, and imagery, imagery, you know, and, and a good image 
just like Kelly said, I love that image, the nice open dream fish, right? Mm, so yeah, a good God, image so will always ground your poem for the reader. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, this is where Kelly and I are wonderful collaborators because I tell my students, first, look at the image. Go to a dream book. Go to Kelly's dream book. Thank Go you. I had the strangest dream. Dream.com. And because so many times we have a dream and we think we know what it means. And then we look up the image and we go, oh, it wasn't a bad thing that there was a thunderstorm in my dream. Oh, it's not so bad that I was at a construction site, even though I woke up thinking, oh, God, I must be a hot mess because there's a construction site. No, (laughs) Kelly will explain to you how uh, uh, important and, and growth inspiring these image images are so i think understanding the images in our dream that's where i start and then Mm. crafting the poem taking it seriously it's not just oh here's the dream you know what i mean you have to kind of tie things together to make it communicate you know communicative yes that people will understand what you're trying to get at yeah and I just want to throw in for my, for myself in my process, I I don't even try to think of it in terms of art at first. It's just writing the poem or writing the dream down, like just getting the bones down, just getting getting it out. And in some ways, um, sometimes I think that some of the pieces that could make that could become something that that would translate into art they're the things that tend to be dramatic and sometimes those are negative and scary sometimes they're fanciful and and fantastic like the images in jones a lot of the images in jones poem but i know for myself there was this 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 um a bunch of these wolves that were coming to me and that i ended up turning into i ended up turning it into a poem but not at first at first it was just i need to exorcise this really terrifying thing that came out of my my dream and just to just to get like kind of move the energy and and then I felt like because I always tell people a remembered dream requires some form of action in our waking lives and a lot of people are puzzled by that like how do you act on a dream like what are you supposed to do with a bunch of wolves go like I don't know stand out in the middle of nature and howl or what do you do but at the very least I say write the dream down share it with somebody but if you're going to take it to the next place once it's written down, once you've put it, the raw materials down, then maybe look at how you can turn it into art. And I think that's where, from a healing perspective, that's where the healing really comes from. When I think about my wolf dream and the poem that I wrote, and I have it up on, it's on my YouTube channel, I believe. Um, it's, I, I, I actually, I need to put the, I need to put a link to it, but it, there's so much healing that came from writing that piece. So I just wanted to add that, that it doesn't have to start off as art. It can just be getting it down. And then once it's down, then look at how it can turn into art. Okay. So Joan, we have there, you have four C's. It's a four C system to author success, craft, commitment, community, and confidence. So let's see how many of these we can get in before the break. So talk about craft. Okay. And also before the break, give me 60 seconds because I'll read another very short poem that came literally direct from a dream and I just wrote it down. 
So it can be more simple than what we're describing here. Okay. So what I'm talking about with the um, four C's, a lot of people, myself included, I was guilty of this, Mm. say, man, I've got a good idea. I'm going to close the door. I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to sit at my desk and I'm going to write this story, poem, book, screenplay, whatever it is. Okay. That is awesome. And that is step one, because there's nothing to talk about unless you have the content. Right. But what people uh, don't realize is that how you present yourself now to publishers and agents is all about who you are, what you've done, and that can be very frustrating for writers. In other words, do you have a social media following? I mean, basically at this point, if you have over 10,000 people on your combined social media, you're going to get the attention of an agent. Now, a lot of people don't know how to start that, so and I don't want to get into that because uh, that's mm-hmm. way too long of a topic. I'm just right. putting that out there. Mm-hmm. But what I am also saying is that publishing small things along the way to presenting a novel, a, a nonfiction proposal, a screenplay, so that you have something to say to a publisher or an agent. That's where um, commitment and community come in. In other words, I've been published in this journal, this journal, this journal. I teach reading to students. I teach English. I uh, volunteer for literacy. I work Mm. in the library. Anything that you can do that says, I am a literary citizen. Because so many of us sit there and we say, my book's going to change the world. I don't have to do anything. You know, (laughs) this book is epic, right? I don't have to be a, a, a community member or a player. Just like Kelly said, she met me in the Women's National Book Association. That national association had 12 chapters around the country. Kelly Mm -hmm. and I built our platforms when we were in that group with all 12 chapters. So when I I went on book tour, I could say to my publisher, I'm going to go to 12 cities where people know me and do a reading. They're like, great, nobody does that, you know? Right. Um, so, so a lot of what I'm saying in my book is, yes, it's the craft, 100%. But you have to look outside of your uh, immediate world, and uh, you have to be a player in the literary world. Do you know what I'm mm. saying? In other words, in other words, like what Kelly's doing, she's not just. Um, uh, writing, of course, she is writing, but she also <laughs> has a podcast, so she gets to meet you guys. She gets mm-hmm. to meet Sarah Adam. She gets to meet people who are um, readers of her books by having a dream show, by going to conferences. You know, in other words, I say to my students, a publisher wants to know who's going to buy your book besides your mother. Literally, Mm -hmm. people, everybody thinks, oh, everybody's going to buy my book. But the Mm -hmm. truth is we build our fan base one fan at a time. Mm. 
Amen, sister. Oh, my goodness. So that voice that you were just hearing, that's Joan Gelfand. Her website is joangelfand.com. Her book is You Can Be a Winning Writer, The Four C's, The Four C's System to Author Success, Craft, Commitment, Community, and Confidence. We're going to take your dreams on the other side of this break. So thanks for listening and hold on. We'll be with you in just a few moments. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Dream show. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, aka Dr. Dream. So happy to be with you. I'm just buzzing. My friend Joan is just like, ah, she's a rocket launcher, this woman. I, I felt this way when I first met Joan Gelfand. I literally <laughs> felt buzzed. Like, Anything's possible. And I love the title of her of her book, her books. There's extreme so much about Joan. <laughs> and then you can be you can be a winning writer. Like I think there's a lot of cynicism in the world about like, nah, like every there's enough books out there. You don't need to write yours. There's a lot of pessimism. But with Joan, it's all very much like you can do this. You can not just be a writer, but a winning writer. So she's so empowering. And before we get into Joan's gonna got a got another poem slat that comes from a dream, and we're gonna take your dreams and the number, by the way, to call for that is 816-251-3555. But I wanna let you know, in the spirit of writing and getting things done, I've been flirting with the idea of holding space to empower writers for a long time. I've written at this point eleven books and four Oracle decks, and I've got more in the pipeline. And I, but there was a point in time years ago where I was absolutely terrified, absolutely no confidence whatsoever, just like there was no way I was ever going to do this. And there was a bunch of kind of miracles that lined up and people that I met that lined up that helped me. And now it's one of the joys in my life besides talking to people about their dreams. It's to also help them write their books and then get them published and then get take them to the next level. But to me, it all starts with writing the book. And for so many people, I just say, just get her done, just write it. But instead of just being a, an, a, an annoying cheerleader on the sidelines, I'm, I've decided to hold people's hands to actually walk with them to get the process complete. So for a nine-month period starting in September, I'm going to do something I've never done before with a group. I've done this with individuals, but I've never done this with a group starting in September all the way through next June of 2022 for every week I'm going to be facilitating a workshop for people who want to get their writing, they want to get their writing done, even if they've never written anything before. And I'm bringing in the mentors that have helped inspire me like Joan. Joan's going to be the first mentor that you'll meet in September. You'll get to dial deeply into the craft, commitment, community, and confidence of being a winning writer. So if you want to check out this web, this, this group that I'm putting together, it's called Get Her Done. 
And you can find out about it from my website, kellysullivanwalden.com. Scroll down about halfway down the page and you'll see a big banner. You'll see a woman like fingers typing and it's just called Get Her Done. So click there and you get a big discount on the price if you sign up by the end of June. And I'd love to see you there if you've got a book in you and you've never done it and you don't have the, you don't want to go at it all alone. You don't have to. I'll hold your hand. And Joan will be there with you to hold your hand too. So you can be a winning writer and you can get her done. So do it. All right. So Joan, share with us another one of your poems that came out of a dream so that people don't have to feel so intimidated. Like it doesn't have to be this long, gone with the wind, multiple verses. Like it can just be simple and short, but powerful. So so tell us about the dream that led to this poem. Okay. This is a short poem. And literally every image in this poem was in the dream. So I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm just going to read the poem and you'll get it. It's called Burial. You might imagine a box, airless, close, the sound of dirt clumps falling like rain. You might imagine a mudslide rushing down steep mountain terrain, your legs buckling. You might imagine a building shaken to its core, rubble tumbling, knocking you senseless. You might imagine water too deep, a collapsed bridge, a tunnel broken. My burial was none of these. An angel chanted, and I went under, alone and unafraid. I love this poem. So powerful. Oh my God. Thank you for sharing that. And I love that that you brought that to life. And I love the contrast in like the oh the creepiness. And then yours was none of those things. It was this this angel. It's like I love the the contrast in that. I'm covered in chills. Oh. So I hope that inspires you all to to create a poem out of one of your remembered dreams. So let's take some calls. And again, the number and, you all have, Kelly, the number it's 816-251. What, Joan? Uh, I want your your, reader, your listeners to know I'm teaching an online class. Ooh, yes, the tell book, them. July 10th through this group in San Francisco called The Writing Salon. And this is on my website under events. And because it's on Zoom, we can take people from all over the world. So it's a Saturday morning class, Pacific time. But uh, everyone is welcome. And uh, it just, as you said, just go to Joan Gelfand. It's under events, July 10th, through the writing salon. Uh, You can be be a winning writer class. Yes. Fabulous. Joni. Awesome. Okay. So if you have a dream to share, you want to want some feedback from Joan and I, and Joan is one of the wild women. She's in the wild women dream workshop. So she's, she's a brilliant dream worker herself. The number is 816-251-3555. So let's go to Leilani and let's see Leilani, what you've been dreaming about. I hear from Jeff, our producer, that you've got something cooking. What's going on? (laughs) Hi, how are you, Kelly? I just moved to Santa Monica. What? You're my neighbor? That's exciting. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, we've got some um, talking in person to do. All right, Leilani, so tell us your dream. I feel like we could have tea and talk for hours. Listen, so a couple things. I always have wanted to be a writer. I 
don't like fame, fortune. You know, I like fortune, but I don't like fame. I'm not one that's like, oh, I, you know, I want to be this famous writer. I just want to write a book to get it out of me. Um, for years, I was uh, car-free for the environment. I care about Mother Earth for a lot of reasons, and I was car-free. And I have wow. a book for me called Lightworker on the Bus because Ooh. people at the bus stop would open up and just tell me all their problems. We would have a moment. There'd be a healing. As a <laughs> healer, people just come to me and they tell me all their stuff. It's quite fascinating. Oh, that's a great title. So oh my God, I love it. Joan and I would love to help you with that. So check yeah, out check, check out joangelfan.com and check out my website, kellysullivanwalden.com and check out okay. the Get Her Done. All right, so tell us your okay. dream. I'll check that out because I have a couple of books that are just turning in Yay. me, but uh, <sighs> I don't want, um, you know. Anyway, I'm so excited to tell you this dream. Okay. So in a nutshell, I'm a healer. I have all these healing modalities. I am doing healing in my dream time. Mm. I was in my dream time working with this young woman. I'm really uh, passionate about empaths right now and the new children incarnating that mm. are of different frequency. They have mm. less veils. They're indigo and rainbow and crystal children. This woman in the dream had a very unique face. Her eyes were very far apart. Her face mm. was kind of flat. And honestly, she looked like an ET incarnate. Mm. Mm. And she was struggling and she was depressed and she didn't know why she was here. And so I was coaching her and, and telling her about earth school and that we're, you know, here on purpose and all of this stuff. And it was very profound. Well, the next day I'm walking to exploring in Santa Monica and I'm on the road, Arizona and crossing the street. And I turned to my right and there she was. <sighs> And wow. I about fell over and I could just cry because <sighs> I don't know what that means. Mm. There she was, her face, her eyes were far apart. Her face was kind of flat. You know, wow. that in and of itself, she's having a hard time being on earth. Oof. And um, I'm doing such profound healing in my dream time. Sometimes I wake up and I feel like I haven't slept an, an inch or a, oh. a moment. So, so Leilani, did you talk to her? And no, I couldn't because I was just, I actually was in shock. I almost fell over. Okay. Well, I feel like I need to say something. This is like the, it's interesting timing because, mm -hmm. um, oh, I wasn't going to yeah. share this until next week, but I'm going to at least bring it up that I want to do a, a calling all dreamers to help, um, help me help one of my neighbors whose, whose daughter's been missing for nine years. And she uh, would say that she's not from this earth and she doesn't belong here. And it's yeah. too, she feels like an alien. And I, um, and she's, she went missing. She left when she was 29 and she's, she would be 38 at this point. She was last, her car was last um, found in Santa Cruz, Northern California by where Joan lives and I'm okay. going to actually begin the process of inviting all the psychics and all the dreamers that I know to help me start to dream about Tess and see if we can find her. So I don't know if this woman has anything to do with it or she just might be the catalyst to get this conversation started, but maybe she'll mm -hmm. hear about it somehow. And even through the wavelength of dreams, 
even just thinking about this woman and sending her showers of love and mm-hmm. healing, it will reach her even if the physical contact didn't happen. So my invitation mm-hmm. to you is to absolutely wrap her in all the love that you would ever that you could ever imagine for anyone. And then while you're at it, share that with this young woman, Tess, that is missing. And also extend it to her mother, Sharon, who is just brokenhearted and who Mm. I want to help. So I think it's interesting that you bring up this dream. Your timing couldn't be more magical, Leilani. And Mm. I think you are, it's like a, it's a message that you are, you are tapped in. Joan, do you want to weigh in? What do you think about this dream? Um, I think it's interesting. I, I love how Kelly pushes her dreamers to say, did you talk to her? So, <laughs> so just to, just to uh, elaborate on that point, you know, uh, Kelly's not saying it, but what she often teaches is try to conjure that image for another dream. And then in, when you see her again, have a question, talk to her. You know what I mean? Like use Mm -hmm. that visitation. But I I love visitation dreams. They're just, you know, Mm. they're so so instructive and so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And then to have the confirmation of seeing her. I mean, it's, I mean, I just, I feel like you're, you're tapped in. And, and when it comes to having a real world um, confirmation in our waking lives that relate to the dreams. I feel like we are often shy about saying something because it does just feel odd or it's overwhelming or it's too much. And I just want to encourage all of us to be a little bold when it comes to this and be willing to be silly, to be looked at like we're foolish. And we can even preface it with, I know this might sound crazy, um, and it's okay, you don't have to take any of this, but I had a dream about someone that looked like you last night. My mom once did this. She had a dream about a man falling off a tractor. And we and you know, we live or we used to live in a and she still does in a urban environment, in a in a in a cul-de-sac in a in like, you know, not anywhere in an it's not anywhere near where farm equipment would be. Let's put it that way. We'd never seen a tractor on our street. But my mom woke up in the morning and saw a tractor with a man on it across the street. And she just walked across the street in her curlers, in her nightgown, (laughs) and said, Mm -hmm. "Uh, clearly you're going to think I'm a nut job because the way I look. But I just have to tell you, not to scare you, but I had a dream about you last night. And and maybe this is just so that you can be careful, but I, I dreamt that a man fell off a tractor and I don't want that to happen to you. It's not precognitive, but it just simply might mean that maybe this is going to help you be careful. So, um, you know, I think we need to be willing to, oops, are we still there? Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, I logged off. Hello? No, no, Hello? no. Um, Jeff, I can hear you. We hear you. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah. 
Thank you for calling Unity Online Radio. Your call. hear everybody <laughs> i did too yeah so you know yeah, I, yeah. sometimes in the night too these words like come from somewhere else and they come through me and then i'm guy i'm told wake up write that down and i don't i have such a stigma around i'm not on i'm not on facebook i'm not on social media i don't like that world i'm in past I just want to write a book and get the message out there. So I'm wondering your thoughts about a pen name and not even saying, look, this is me. This, I, You know, I could come up with a name and and not, you know, go into that whole world. Yeah, a lot of people do that. Yeah. A lot of people do that. That's not, yeah, that's totally uh, acceptable. Acceptable. Yeah. Okay. And the thing is, Leilani, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be social media, but and it, it mm-hmm. doesn't. You know, different publishers, different agents do kind of look at potential authors differently. You know, like for example, if you don't have huge ambitions to like get it on the New York Times bestseller list, just being able to say, "Look, I'm a healer, and I wrote about." you know, my experiences, uh, many, many agents will take it, but they do want to know that you have somewhat of a fan base. So maybe that's mm-hmm. your clients. Maybe that's your patients. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because right now I have three or four books in me that scream to be written, but I just, that world, just the world of fame and, and all of that, I don't like it. And you know how people are getting on the New York Times bestsellers list now? They're having their fan base buy 100 books at a time. Mm-hmm. So that world is even being, it's being manipulated. And uh, I don't know. It, it just fascinates me because I'm more of an introvert. I'm an empath. I like, I like to kind of shelter my life. And who I am, although oh, totally, I totally get that. I totally get I would, that. Although I would like to kind of write a book about my childhood and what I went through and how I came out on the, you know, as the beautiful butterfly through just a really, what I would call an intense incarnation. So I love your poetry, and I was on your website, and thank you for being the bold. Beautiful woman sharing her oh, writing. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. And I tell you what. It, it, listen, when, it's been a long journey. 
I, I didn't I didn't have this kind of confidence at, you know, eighteen, right? You okay. know, you, you grow yeah. your confidence. Right. Look at even Kelly. And you know, the more we hear things like that, oh, here's Kelly. We think she's so awesome and, and confident. Yes. Oh, she yes. didn't she didn't have that same confidence ten years ago? Oh, how did mm. that happen? And then you meet people like us that are willing to share. This is how I did it. This is how I grew my confidence. This is how I said to myself, I can be one of these players. I can do what I want. You know what I mean? Um, Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, my journey, I'm as a healer, as a past life regression therapist, as a creative uh, intuitive healer, as a spiritual counselor, Reiki master, I had to heal a lot of my past lives being burned as a witch. One of my lives, my lips were cut off because I was known as the woman with healing hands, and they literally chopped my hands off. Uh. So I'm, I'm just stepping into my realm, I would say, the last couple of years. Leilani and Joan, can you guys hear oh, me? I'm finally fun. back. Yes. Unity had a, they had a, a glitch with their internet. So you guys were, were able to keep talking in spite of that. I was gone, yes. but I'm so sorry to hear about the, uh, the hands being cut off. Oh my God. That's intense. Leilani. Whoa. Yes. And I wanted, I think I just want to throw this in. Um, I think there's something about the, all the, the, the platform and all of that, that is really important, but I think it starts. And from my perspective, because this is just what I did. I couldn't even think about anybody reading anything I wrote. I just needed to write it with the thought Mm. that I never have to publish this. Nobody ever needs to read this. This is just for me. Mm. And then once Mm. I do that, just so that I had permission to not stop writing, because there's so many thoughts. I'm Julia Cameron, author of The Artist's Way, said, it's hard to create art with one eye on what you're creating and one eye on what people are going to think or the, the audience, so to speak. So for me, I, that helped me to just get her done, just to write the piece without having, and I would say, give yourself permission to think about having a pen name and then you can cross all those bridges later. But it, but if you don't, Mm. if you can have all the social media you want, but if you don't have the book eventually, then, you know, it's like, you kind of, to me, the book is, the book is, really important. And all of those elements come together eventually, super important. But to me, the book is king or queen. So I so thank you for calling in. I want to, I wonder, Jeff, are you able to um, pick up Denise? I know she's been waiting for a long time. I'm not able to, because I can't get on the, 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 the switchboard, but Leilani, please keep calling in and feel free to email me directly to talk about your book. And Joan, reach out to her directly as well. My my direct email is kelly at kellysullivanwalden.com. And Joan, what's a direct way that um, people can get a hold of you? Joan at joangelfan.com. Yay. All right, Leilani, do it, girl. Thank you. Okay, so Joan, and and maybe, I don't know, Leilani, if you're still there, because I haven't, I don't know if Denise can hear us. I can't Hello? turn on the switchboard. Oh my God. Uh, Denise is here. I can hear her. You can hear Denise? Oh my God. Hello? I can't someone's hear her. Saying, yeah, All right. So, so hello. Denise, tell, the, tell yeah. us your, 
your dream. And I'm going to just call in on unity so I can try to hear, but, um, let me see. Wow. We're having a glitchy day, but you know what? It's okay. So actually Denise, hold on for one second. Cause I want to be able to hear the whole dream. Um, no, go ahead. Start okay, talking. Um, um, God, you made me forget my dream. <laughs> um, do it, it Denise. Now I, I can hear you. hear you. It was just images. I had another good one, but I'm going to save that because there's not enough time, and I really wanted that one analyzed. Um, so I'll do another one that was just images, as you say, when you just – it's not a, a beginning and end. It's just a dream, and you see the images, and the images was me and my younger brother. Um, we were walking two dogs, and what I find really significant about this dream is um, – one dog was big and one dog was small. But I, I don't know. Me and my younger brother, we're cool. We're close. But neither one of us have a dog. And hmm. in the dream, we're both walking the dogs. And it's just a nice, calm walk. But what I found significant is one of us had, like, a chihuahua-type dog, whereas one of us had, like, a freaking German Shepherd or something. But, you know, um, we're just walking. But that's all Do I Do you know I which had. one of you had which was it you with the big I one, him know. with the little, or vice versa? I want to say I had the little and he had the big. Okay. But I'd be, so wh- I'd be lying to you. Go ahead. Well, I think we have just like a minute here. So I'm just going to like throw in a first thought and Joan invite you to do the same. To me, a dog in a dream is synonymous with with it's kind of a best friend energy. It's, and it's also a domesticated animal. It's a part of us that is wild, but also tame at the same time and aims to please. So the little one might be just like, it's kind of a, a, the strategy is to be cute, to get needs met. And the big one is usually kind of to dominate and to be walking them not having them walk you means that there's some kind of, to me, it's about having this connection to the wild domesticated aspect so that we can become a little bit more like them, like maybe more unconditional Mm. in our loving. Mm. Um, That's my first Mm. thought. Joni, what's, what pops into your head? Um, You know, I think like the, um, you know, how we say in a, in a dream, a car is like our vehicle. Yeah. I think like, right. So if we dream, like Kelly, remember you dreamt of that big truck four by four. Yeah. (laughs) I I just remember you talked about that, but um, I see a dog as being part of ourselves. So Mm. one is Mm. a chihuahua. I love this. So that we're wrapping this up, you guys. And we'll, Denise will continue with this stream next week. And whatever else you have, I'll, be, I'll pick you first. I promise. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Joan Gelfand, for being our guest. You can be a winning writer. JoanGelfand.com. Get her done. Sweet dreams. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, 
then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.